Testing. One, two, testing. One, two. And a one, and a two, and, and a one, two, and three, four. Don't make me close one more time. I don't want to hurt. I was going to random shuffle some Whitney. I can't take anything from you. Stay in my life. If you can. Welcome to Dumb Dumb It Down. Damn it down. (laughs) We know the name of this podcast. We made it. I am Buffy, not Buffy. And I am Cher. You know that the British created... Tennis and the reason why they did the scoring was to try to keep it where only the elite could make sense of it. That's ridiculous. So the whole point of them was to not dumb it down so that they could try to keep poorer people from integrating into the tennis world. So when did they add the ball boy? <laughs> when I started watching. <laughs> <laughs> Needed something to look at other than a stupid tennis game? Yeah, but they wouldn't go for my suggestion of no shirt. Well, missed opportunity. I think it's fair to say we're basing this a lot around how property management functions um, in the marketing world, yes. right? Yep. Okay. I've been in property management slash the marketing side of property management ever since I was in college. Not to say you wouldn't learn a lot of little other facts about things like tennis and British. Stuff. But from you, that's why you're here. Well, you actually know a lot of... Like, Not about tennis. But you know about other things. Sure. That'll come up. Yeah. Yeah. Lori's asking if she can laugh. She's in the room as well. <laughs> say hi, Lori. So, yeah. She's a squirrel. She's a squirrel. That's squirrel. why she's so high pitched. Yeah. I come from the operation side and property management. I dabble sometimes a little bit in marketing and then I quickly get kicked out because I find out I don't know what I think I might know. But I always come out a little bit more educated from it. Um, and I think it's because I end up uh, asking some questions to where people will dumb it down for me so that I can understand exactly how they expect us to implement all of the marketing in this ever-changing world, especially when you bring in digital and be able to manage it and why we're doing it. So when you started in property management, what were your like go-to marketing sources? What did you do if you were doing a lease-up or if you were on a stabilized deal? You had to have that in your budget each year. Okay. So when I was, when I first started property management, our idea of doing a marketing source analysis was we tore out our ad out of the apartment guide (laughs) or for rent magazine, whichever market you were in typically had one that was predominant. You taped it to a sheet of paper with double-sided tape. If you were very sophisticated, if not, you did it (laughs) corner wise with the regular sketch tape. And you wrote at the bottom, how many pieces of traffic you had from that month, from that source and how many leased from it. So it was like encyclopedias versus the internet. (laughs) Yeah. There actually were no computers because when they did come in, we actually thought they were just going to be a quick fad that went in and went out. So we didn't really trust them that way, but oh, property management. Um, then we started having things where we had websites, like, cause at that point in time we didn't have websites and then we started having websites, but we never really could actually quantify at that point in time, what we were actually getting from our website. We just knew that uh, people were starting to use the web. So we would just make sure we had enough to be in a magazine and do a website and have a really nice brochure. And our brochure was a huge thing. Like that's what people were so impressed by. So they were very elaborate and multiple pages and really nice yeah, paper. And, and embossed and all this they, stuff. There was like a hologram that popped up. Yeah, some, yeah, pop up. And if, yeah. You'd think with that kind of technology, they would have used more internet stuff. In 2005, I remember people telling me that, that the basically the internet was just to show our owners that we were trying it, but really the magazines were where you were gonna get your leases at. Oh, I was one of the first properties to actually drop out of everything and go more web-based. 
So you went to all the grocery stores, you took the books off the shelves, you burned them, you had a bonfire yeah. event. It was awesome. Everyone yeah. loved it. Then and I then you went all internet. Not really. But I mean, yeah, it was a short jail term. Sure, it was short. Super and short. I was there with good friends. So, um, so it's just interesting how it's changed. And we hear a lot of buzzwords, you know. Of What's things. a buzzword? Give me a buzzword. So like going, being social, really enhance your social. So going to the bars and be like, hey, my name is <laughs> yeah. Courtney. How are you doing? Yeah. Well, I mastered that in the 90s. So when they say go social, the things I think to myself is, are we going social for reasons that actually create leases for us on the property? Because that's ultimately what your your clients, your owners, and the management companies, your bosses, that's what they care about. It's the bottom line. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so if you can't prove conversions, it's not necessarily a viable or valuable source. Yeah. And I'll tell you, you know, I even hear some operators talk and they're, they want to know about the, you know, the first contacts and they want to know about the conversions to traffic. And for me, I'm all about working smarter, not harder. Mm -hmm. I want to know about the conversions to leases. Right. I want to know, is this actually getting us residents who pay us rent in the door? So I guess my first question for you would be, what, when people do say about going social from an operations level, how can we effectively use like Instagram, for instance? I think the first thing to talk about is the fear of social, just to get that out of the way. Uh, because as you were saying before, that people were hesitant to start on the internet. Social media has very much turned into the same thing. Mm -hmm. Because in our industry, there are so many things that are so heavily regulated that the fear of what do I post becomes so overwhelming that it's better to post nothing at all instead. So that fear is meaningless. You don't have to be afraid of that. You're trying to create a personality for your property and you want to be identifiable by that personality and you want it to be consistent. So how can that be something I can do effectively? Which platform specifically would but, you like to hear about? Uh, so I would say right now, Instagram is outperforming everything. Okay. I don't know why. I don't know if we're doing it right, but I can tell you Instagram is outperforming everything. Okay. Have you ever heard of Jim Jones? Uh, the Kool-Aid guy? Yes. yes. It was flavor aid, but sure. sure. <laughs> was it flavor aid? Yeah. That's so weird. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's that Mandela effect thing, I think. Yeah. Where they remember it wrong. Yeah. Also, I think it, people relate to Kool-Aid. Anyway, yeah, not the point. Just like tissue um, wrong Kleenex, right? Yes, correct. Yeah. So... That's gotcha. good branding. That's probably why they made the Kool-Aid man is because they were like, how are we going to compete with Flavor Aid and these 900 plus people that died? Make a guy out of a pitcher and have him crash through walls. That's what it is. Well, poor really branding on Flavor Aid. Well, so in the end, the truth is Jim Jones did really good. He did good marketing. Uh, but well, he got the buy-in. He got the buy-in for sure. absolutely got the buy-in. I'm not sure... Like how? Okay. So the way it relates to Instagram okay. is that first and foremost, most obviously what you're looking for when you're on Instagram is more followers. Right. And that's as a cult leader, what you want. You right. want people to buy in hard, trust you, trust everything you're saying without a second guess in the world immediately. And so intensely that they would drink flavor aid that ultimately kills them. That's not necessarily the point, but you want that kind of commitment from your followers because that's how your brand grows they become instant free and very very effective especially today ambassadors for your community 
Yeah, no, I, I mean, I would say that probably what everybody highlights is how many followers we have and how many shares we're getting on posts. Well, and it's the engagement that also drives that. So yeah. that constant one-on-one -on -one and that, that acknowledgement so, that you are amazing and you are special. So let me ask you, when you say engagement, mm -hmm. what, what do you, because for me, I would probably judge engagement based on how many people liked or, or followed or shared my post. What is engagement? That is a form of engagement, but it is a passive engagement because it is hard to like someone liking your post. You put it out there for them to like. So that is a form of engagement. The other part is when people comment, having the conversation and keeping that conversation going is what you want because getting the word out is the, the word of mouth is the way that you gain more followers, whether you're a cult leader or Instagram because you want people to buy into that trust that everyone else has and why you're the reason that people should come to you. You're, you're providing something to them that they don't have in their lives, but they know they need because you told them very adamantly that you need this. So I guess, so in the, in the cult reference, let me ask this. So if there's a bunch of different cults, what did he, Honestly, he made it to where we, you, you know, people went to him. Right versus some of the others where they didn't have to drink flavor aid maybe they got to drink untainted kool-aid i think well Tainted. don't say taint yeah. <laughs> so i think it has a lot to do with it if we're comparing it to instagram he was a very influential man and they were in a place where they wanted to believe in something for whatever reasons, different mm -hmm. situations in life. I also think there was a war that had just happened or ended and people are having a hard time adjusting to what to do now. Yeah. Um, don't quote me on that because I just Wikipedia'd some things in the bathroom. So I haven't had a lot of time <laughs> to actually fully <laughs> research. Sure. If you could read some stuff and then just scream it out. Sure. Um, that's Laura, fact checker. <laughs> She's the best at the facts. Right. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Just the facts, Lori. She's going to read like one sentence out yeah. loud and then be like, that's it. it. It's everything. You guessed from here on out. Chris said it. <laughs> Chris said it. It's gold. Chris is her husband. Yeah. He's very smart though. Not to like stop your story. So don't forget where you're at on this. Okay? <laughs> Too late. That's gone. It's so hard. <laughs> Um, but I actually think that you're on to something with that. I noticed that just in our, in general society, that in, in general, people are always looking for very, they need an answer. Right. They don't like being an uncertainty. Well, and that's why you have to diversify content today on Instagram, for instance. Some people respond to different content different ways. So for me, for instance, I like pictures, especially on Instagram videos. I'm I, the buy-in is a little harder because try to sell me anything in 15 seconds or 30 seconds. If it's on the feed, it's going to be hard. Mm -hmm. uh, but with the pictures, they can be if they're pretty enough. So it's a very visual content mm -hmm. there or medium there. Um, then if they're pretty enough, I will want to know more. I will mm -hmm. go through and learn more. So if, if the message is there, mm -hmm. I will buy in. And yeah. so that is also what Jim Jones was ultimately doing. He was providing a message to people that needed to hear it. So they were like, yes, he gets me. He gets it. I'm his. Yeah. Yeah. They, he had the answer to the question. He had the answer they wanted to the they question. Turned, no, they no. Had. They turned his message into whatever they needed it to be to right. answer their question. That's true. That is true. So like it, it they would take a general statement and yeah. turn it into what they needed to hear. Yes. Like, I, yeah. Okay. I can, I can completely see that. I think it's horrible and reprehensible what somebody like him did, what he did. Well, it's crazy that Instagram would steal his model like that. <laughs> but what's crazy is how effective 
what he did was because yeah. he did. He got without question the whole group drank. He could play. You're so informed. Why am I talking about watch the shows? I'm I'm very interested in stuff like that. Like what compels people to, that's probably operations meaning you need to do all the research. Uh, But I'm very compelled about what makes people buy into these, these radical things. And like, how do you evolve from being a guy who's probably on the outskirts, but very charismatic So I think that maybe then that's a good way to think about it as an operations person. So you take that, if that makes sense to you, if you love and are very interested in that, then that's where you look for inspiration when you're Mm -hmm. going and creating content for Instagram or you're trying to guide your properties Mm -hmm. on what to post and what types of things. I'm not saying start a cult. I'm saying gain your following, but use the the momentum and the overall thought process behind building a cult. <laughs> I, can actually, I, can, I get what you're saying. Like the, build a cult that's a, it's a, in a healthy fashion, right? Like a healthy, a, like a healthy following. Oh, I thought you said health thing. I was like, what no, does that healthy mean? Following. How'd you make it a verb? <laughs> are, you, you're trying to guide to a good place, not to a bad place. Right. right? So I get what you're saying. Well, I mean, to a goal. Yeah. To a it goal. doesn't have to be great. Yeah. I know that I, um, I always tell my teams, you know, in the end, we're in the business of providing homes for people. And your job is to convey to them why they're going to be happier here and then making sure you deliver that. Right. Better about myself and feel more successful about my life and feel more where I can get my stuff together and, and defrag and things like that. So I think that is sort of a tactic we could borrow from Mr. Jim Jones Mm -hmm. or any cult leader, because something that they're very good at is seeing the opportunity instead of the roadblock. Yeah. So they don't see, because they had to go to a whole different country ultimately to drink flavor aid. Uh, But we will stop because we think what we're about to post might be something that's not entirely what they want because yeah. it's not really advertising. It's like any excuse is the excuse to not post something where it should be. How can I make this worth posting? Yeah. So I can, I, I actually see what you're saying on that. And I will say that's a big uh, problem we encounter is, so how do you draw that line? How do you draw the line between being too creative and too uh, engaging in the sense that it is, it's controversial to a degree that to where somebody might say, oh, I feel like that could be interpreted this way. Well, I think if that's how you feel about that, then you don't post it. Yeah. but I, what it, I, That's a very good rule. If you think that anyone, if the first thought in your head is somebody might find this offensive, don't do it because that's not appropriate for your business. Mm-hmm. It's just not. You're not meant to be controversial. You're meant to be fun and funny and lighthearted and likable. That's what you're meant to be. And you don't, it doesn't have to be funny. You could also be very professional or very hoity-toity or whatever. Um, But I couldn't think of a, I couldn't think of a fancier word for (laughs) hoity-toity. Do I, I I think if, so I don't think apartments are necessary. No, I think we could evolve out of it eventually. Mm -hmm. I think it would be a difficult thing to do because for instance dicks that restaurant where they're just rude to you yeah dicks last resort yeah so you might not dicks in general <laughs> let's compare this to penises <laughs> that's, that's dicks last resort <laughs> yes so they, sorry um 
So their whole brand model, and they are an industry built off customer service. What you care about when you eat is your food, how it tastes, and the person that served you and how they treated you, because ultimately that could make or break your meal. Mm -hmm. So they have taken half of that away and said, we're just going to be mean to you. So it would be like doing that to apartments. And we're probably more than half just customer service based. So I don't, I can't understand how being controversial at that level could be a benefit, but that I'm not going to say that it can't be because I'm open to all new marketing ideas. Like the Wendy's stuff, controversial things on, on social. That they don't have to be as safe as we would need to be. I don't think we're in an industry or a place where we can do the same thing at all. So I will say to some degree, I think we, I I mean, I do think as an industry, sometimes we need to maybe set the expectation a little bit better because we are such a longer term relationship with a customer than than 20 minutes a day, maybe five days, even if it was three days a week, we're more than that. Yeah. So it's not about, is their burger right today? You know, the chances things are going to go a little off um, in a, when you're living in anywhere for a year, because light bulbs burn out Yeah. and, you know, transformers get hit in neighborhoods and people's electricity gets hit and it has nothing to do with the property, but it does have to do with their living experience. Right. So, um, so I do think that we, we could find a way to actually be able to set expectations a little bit better that it's not necessarily going to be a completely problem free or issue free living experience. The problem, the, the answer is we're going to provide the best service possible in right. getting the situations resolved. Well, I don't know that the expectation is that it's entirely problem free. That's never what I'm expecting to walk into anytime. Ever. Well, and I think in our, in our industry, we probably are a little skewed because we understand the back of the scenes stuff, but We're I skewed. can tell the majority of the calls that I take from, uh, from people, the majority of the calls that I take are about people being upset because they felt the customers should always be right. And they felt that any inconvenience should be compensated. So I think that might be a different episode in and of itself, because that has all to do, that has everything to do with how the message is being delivered when you're saying no, Mm -hmm. because we have been taught that saying I'm sorry can be an an admission of fault. Yeah. Yeah. So we won't, we don't want to say I'm sorry because suddenly we're saying we did it. You're right. No, we're saying I'm sorry because that sucks of some of the best um, posts that you've done for engagement that have resulted in conversion? So uh, one Instagram that I love, 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 because they have a very clear voice in their Instagram account, but it is more controversial, way more controversial. But to be fair, their product is weird. It's called Hello Tushy. They are a bidet company. Today, they're a buddy today company. <laughs> That's crazy. They're all over well, Amazon. Hello Tushy is doing that on their Instagram. And the way they're doing it is they're they're promoting this is the more environmentally friendly. So that's one of their mm-hmm. platforms. Um, they're say, they're doing it from a sex health and cleanliness standpoint, which I just love. Yeah. And they do it equally for women. We're back to the taint. Men. We are back to the taint. It all circles back to the taint. <laughs> the perneum. Uh, 
So they do it for women. They do it for men. They do it for heterosexual couples. They do it for uh, homosexual couples. They, they do it across the board. They'll just, and they're hysterical and it's, just the best Instagram to follow if you want some good examples of a clear voice that is outside of the box. Mm-hmm. So from a property level, um, I think, you know, the, the takeaway is from Jim Jones. Bidets in the apartment. Jim Jones. Give them some flavor aid. Uh, yes. Post it about your bidets and make sure you have refreshing beverages. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think... If Jim Jones was going to talk to the people of our property managers and teams that are managing Instagram sites today and give them any piece of advice, it would be stay in their face. You want to be, you want your message to be constantly out there. So you've got to be consistent, post often, um, and get the buy-in. Make sure that the message you're putting out there is something they can buy into and then don't let them not be persistent and talk to them and be bold guys don't kill people with kool-aid but be bold (laughs) so do you know the story of i was wrapping up (laughs) so do you remember the play that bev midler does in there where she's talking about the invention of the bra and otto titsling Mm -hmm. is who actually invented the bra otto titsling is that person's name that's his name for and, real? But it was for stolen. real, for real. Yeah, it was stolen by a guy with the last name Brazier. And he Oh created, my gosh. He stole the invention of the bra and he patented it before Otto Titzling did. And that's why you today you <laughs> buy a sling. I bet he changed his name why first. You don't buy a titsling and you buy a brazier. Oh man, I wish I could buy a titsling. I don't think I ever questioned that, and I should have. Mm-hmm. Your words were magic. Good questions. And I love you. Thank you for sharing with me on how to use Instagram. No problem. Smooches.